Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 48. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about the 2018 horror film, The Ritual. And we should say up front that we didn't roll we The Ritual. We did not roll it, but we tried so, to roll a movie this week, and it didn't work. Listeners of our previous episode will know that we were going to do the vampire film 30 Days of Night, much to Liz's chagrin. And then Liz was saved by Netflix taking it off between the time that we recorded the previous episode and the time we went to watch I think it was actually like, it wasn't even like, oh, in the week that this went by, it was like two days later. Yep. I manifested it out of Netflix with my with my powers. So we wanted to choose something that we hadn't seen. Um, and Netflix is producing a lot of, or publishing a lot of um, really good, or uh, noteworthy, I don't know about good, yeah. but noteworthy horror movies lately. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think we wanted to do something that had some buzz. There was, we went back and forth between three or four movies that we had, like, heard about from friends, um, or, or various film blogs or what whatnot. Just things that we'd heard were good, and this was one of the ones that we decided on. Yeah, and of course, uh, our podcast is based around the premise of Netflix films, so this is a movie that Netflix acquired, um, it originally premiered at... Toronto Film Festival, and they put it out in February, so Mm -hmm. came out earlier this year. I wasn't, like, the most excited to watch this. I had to be talked into it a little bit, but I, you know, I think it was actually a really good one for us to do. I liked the movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah, like, it was probably better than I was expecting. It was much better than I was expecting. I only knew the basic premise, which is it's, like, four friends, um... Get lost in the woods. Get lost in the woods in, in the wilderness of somewhere. There's a there is a point where you see them. They're hiking kind of across like a plain, and I literally was like, I don't want to do a forest movie. We did a movie way way back in the day called High Lane about um, hikers, they're like mountain, mountain climbers, climbers yeah. yeah. Um, and things go awry in the woods, and I just like I feel like I could see that happening again, and I just didn't want it at all. But this movie really surprised me. So we are, as always with these these movies, uh, going to spoil the hell out of it. So I would recommend this. It's I would too. kind of in the vein of The Vivitch or some of the more muted horror movies. Like, I don't think it's that scary, right? No. It's, well, it's not It's not uh, jump out and scare you. It's it about is, dread. It is, the dread is very real. Um, and it is very tense. And it uh, it's very beautiful. So the con- like the contrast of the beauty and the horror is very present, which is I think similar to like you said the the witch or the witch, <laughs> as we all call it. Oh right, yeah, so go watch this and then come back. Mm-hmm. And now we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> so as Liz mentioned, this movie is about some friends who go on holiday after a tragic event happens. Mm-hmm. There are five friends. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny because I said four friends. I was like, this premise about four guys. And then it starts out, the movie starts, and there's five of them. And I was like, oh, who's who's this fifth boy? Like, what's he doing here? But then he dies very tragically yeah. seconds later. Our protagonist uh, is a man named Luke, played by Rafe Spall. Is mm-hmm. that his name? Rafe Spall, yeah. I never know with British names if it's like Rafe or... Because like, it's like Rafe Fines, but it's spelled like Ralph. Uh, Ralph, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is spelled like Rafe, so I don't know if is it's it actually Ralph? Rafe. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph. Ralph Spall. And he... And the fifth friend who dies, uh, they're planning their holiday all together, and they go into a, whatever the British equivalent of a bodega is. is Look, it? it's a liquor store. Okay, they probably have a different word for it, but it's a liquor store. Yeah, and there is a... Robbery happening. Couldn't think of the word robbery for some reason. Robbery. Uh, there's <laughs> a robbery in process. stealing is happening. They're steal- the bad guys are stealing the money. And threatening. And the friend whose name I don't remember. Oh, it's Rob. Sure. It's Rob. Uh, gets killed. And Luke grabs a vodka bottle to fight off the attackers, but ends up doing nothing because well, he is paralyzed out of no, fear. No, what's, what's actually even worse is that um, the two of them are standing there together, and they, they're just chatting, because they're the, what the friends have been arguing about was like where they were going to go on this, on this right. lad's holiday, and Rob was like, well, let's go hiking in Sweden, and they were all like, Psh, Rob, that's no fun, we want to go somewhere cool, well, like Amsterdam. Like, it's like, like, like a pizza, or like, they want to go Yeah, they want to go like, somewhere partying. sexy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get it. And they go into this liquor store, and they're chatting, and then they see the woman, uh, the cashier, 
and she's on the ground, like, terrified. And the second that happens, and I only point this out as a detail because I think it's really relevant, is that it's not that, like, um, Luke does nothing. It's that he's, he actually leaves. He literally, the second he realizes something is wrong, he literally just, like, bounces and just ducks around the corner. Into, like, a different uh, aisle. Into a different aisle, leaving Rob there. Mm-hmm. And you can see in Luke's face that he's he's trying to strategize, he's trying to think of like, oh, here, if I get this vodka bottle, maybe I can hit them with it. But before he can do anything, um, Rob gets clubbed to death. Uh, so, like, it's a really horrible scenario because, like, he definitely kind of fucked up a little bit by just piecing out. But at the same time, like, he this is a dangerous situation. Like, nobody knows what they do in that situation until you're faced with it, right? So this this question is integral to the movie, and I think we should go ahead and talk about it now rather than circle back to it. Uh, Luke is plagued by guilt, like, forever because of this. uh, Because he was right there. He he regrets it so much. But I honestly, like, I am very sympathetic to his inaction because it's very hard. I mean, basically what... Uh, the other end of this, and what his friends, or one Give, friend in particular, are asking him to do is be a hero, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, the standard response is to fight off two armed, like, assailants. And it's- they, they're clearly, too, um, the assailants specifically, they are not the kind of, like, guys who would be easy to fight. Yeah. There's two of them. They are... My impression was that they were, like, uh, on drugs, and that this is like they're they're getting money for drugs. They're junkies, mm-hmm. and so like you don't want to necessarily unless you're trained in in um, what's the word combat. The what's what's when you take combat and you bring it down to a, a lower level self defense. No, it's what it's what cops should be able to do and they can't de escalation. Yes, <laughs> unless you're <laughs> trained in de escalation. Uh, it I can't I it's I can't imagine getting that situation. And it's not even that I don't think that. Luke did anything wrong, per se. I think that it sucks that he didn't, like, pull Rob Rob along with him. him. I think leaving is 100% the right call. And and if he, maybe if he'd had five more minutes, he would have done something. But he was trying. Seconds, even. Seconds, even. He was trying to work up the. The, uh, honestly, the courage and the strategy. You shouldn't just be like... Jump out and... Yeah, I don't know, like, them. hurl a vodka bottle at them? Like, you're just gonna die yourself. Like, people, you, you, should, you should handle those situations with caution and care, but it just so happened that this was, like, the worst-case scenario. This is a roundabout way of saying that I think that Luke basically did nothing wrong, and he should be working on letting this go, and yeah. no one should hold him accountable for this, because he... But I also understand it. He did what anyone... Would probably do. I agree, but I I also understand it, and I think that his guilt I understand, makes sense. I understand his guilt. Yes. I understand him processing his grief by thinking, "God, I could have done, more, I could have done yeah. something." I do not understand what becomes a plot point later, especially that it seems like all of his friends, at least in the back of their minds, hold the opinion that he should have. Yeah, done something. we don't know one of their opinions. One of the other ones, we should actually get into, like, what their names are. The other well, three friends... Okay. I was going to say, we, the premise of this movie mm-hmm. is that six months later, it flashes after this uh, scene, six months later, they are taking... That trip, the one that Rob wanted to take. Right, to a, I guess, a, a mountain range in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And there's a lodge that they're heading for, and, yeah. like, that's the whole plan. Uh, and they're doing this sort of in memorial to Rob. Mm-hmm. They take a picture with them. Uh, yeah, 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 they they like they put a, they, they make a little shrine for him actually when they get to a specific area they pile up a bunch of rocks mm-hmm. and they all drink together and it is very much clearly this like we are going on this trip for Rob and so the other three friends are Hutch, Phil, and Dom. Uh, Hutch is like Hutch and Dom have families. We don't really know anything about Phil or Luke's familial situation, um, but Hutch is kind of like he's kind of the leader. I would say. He's the most uh, survivalist-ready of them. Again, like, we know horror movies, like, there are people who are more equipped Mm -hmm. than others. Hutch feels very much he's ready to take on this uh, adventure, to put it lightly. (laughs) He's also, he's so funny. I really, really like Hutch um, a lot. I didn't at first because he seems like he's going to be more of the, like, before I knew that he was married and had children, I thought he was going to be the kind of guy who's like, let's go to Ibiza and, like, you know have sex and with, you know, I don't know, like, he just seems like that kind of, like... Um, a lad. 
He seems yes, like a lad. Yes, exactly, exactly, a lad. Um, but then as the movie progresses a little bit, you realize that he is kind of like, he's the leader. He manages everybody. He's got his kind of like hand on everybody's shoulder. And he at one point, and I wrote this down because it was a very specific moment, he goes to Luke and he says something like, um, I don't care what anyone says. I don't think it was your fault. And the way he says that, I don't care what anybody else says, is like, okay, so who thinks it was his fault? Like, who in this group has been talking behind Luke's back and saying that it was his fault? And we find out fairly quickly after that that it's Dom. Dom is like, he thinks it's absolutely shameful that uh, Luke came out of the convenience store and did not have any blood on him. Which, again... He's a fucking asshole. Like, that's a stupid oh, way to feel. it's terrible. It's terrible, and we'll even talk about it later. It is terrible for Dom to say this specifically, because the second Dom is in any danger, uh, spoiler alert, there's danger that occurs in the woods, he turns into the worst. Like, he's a wimp. He's such a wimp, he would never have helped Rob. So it's especially infuriating that someone like Hutch, who probably actually would have been, don't you think if any of them would have been the one to, like, grab a vodka bottle and smash it over a junkie's head, it would have been Hutch. Sure. Again, I expect this of none of them. But don't you... He's the one who would have. So if he was going to... If anyone was going to give Luke shit, Hutch is the only one I feel like who might have done something differently. Right. Dom never would, and the fact that he thinks low of Luke is like... It's it's disgusting to me. I think it's horrible. It made me hate Dom from... Dom sucks. Basically minute one to the end. Uh, Phil is fairly nondescript as a character. Um... He's, but he's, cool. he's South Asian. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them are white. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's unfortunately kind of the token. Oh, and all these all these boys are British too. If you hadn't picked up on that yet. Oh yes, I thought would he 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 is a lad. <laughs> They're all very British. This is worth saying again. We're going to talk about the horror of this movie. I think one of the things that works about this movie is that the relationship between these four friends, especially, feels very real to me. I agree. Uh, the way that they make fun of each other, the way that some of them make more immature jokes than others, and then the others sort of lambast them for like, mm-hmm. "All right, grow up," mm-hmm. um, in very very subtle and natural ways, really works. And they're college friends, right? I think that's so essential because they're college friends, but they're probably I was going to say fifteen twenty years out of college, but no, maybe like only 10. like ten. So they have that relationship that's so interesting of people who were in college together and were really, all four of them, five of them, were probably really irresponsible and they were all lads and they were all really goofy. And now they're growing up and it's like, who's growing up faster than others? Is is this a friendship that would work if they'd met today? Probably not. But they're bound together by these experiences and those are always really interesting relationships to dig into. It's worth contrasting to uh, Edgar Wright's The World's End, which is these very different friends coming mm-hmm. back and not having that chemistry. And of course, mm-hmm. that's a comedy and this is a horror movie. Right. But it's a it's a somewhat similar premise uh, in that it's this group getting back together. And it just felt very natural to me, the, mm-hmm. the four of them, because, again, Rob's dead two minutes into the movie. The four of them feel like the way that they bicker, the way that they solve problems even, mm-hmm. like even when they succeed. Like I said, Hutch coming to the kind of being the leader. Yeah. I can picture him being that same kind of leader in college. All right. Think, it's a horror movie, by the way. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So they are, they go and they build their shrine for Rob, and they're headed back to the lodge. Um, Hutch at some point muses about, oh, maybe once we get back, I'll stay for a couple days, do some more hiking. I'm really enjoying it out here more than I thought. And uh, Luke and Dom and probably Phil are also just like, no, I want to go home as soon as yeah, possible. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sick of hiking. We did it for Rob, but I'm done. Dom, a uh, useless man that he is, twists his ankle. Just walking across a plane. Yeah, uh, I don't even know how he does it. And they are worried that they can't make it the way that they're going to plan. Yeah, because they were originally, they were never going to go through the woods. The plan was always to kind of, right now they're kind of hiking in this very open space and there's mm-hmm. woods and mountains around them. And they can see the way that they will go like around these woods into more mountains and then you can see, and then they, that's where the lodge is. And they yeah. like, they have equipment. They know where, exactly where they're going. Right. But then when they realize that Dom has twisted his knee and, like, he can't really walk. He can walk. He's, like, he's, quote-unquote, fine for the moment. But they know that if they make him walk this whole long roundabout way, it will probably hurt him more. So they decide to cut through the woods because they can kind of see a path through the woods, uh, you know. It's a shortcut, right? It'll be be faster if... This wasn't a horror movie. Yes. Uh. <laughs> what's what is the line? Because I thought it was one, it was such a smart line. Uh, I think actually Dom says it, which is wild, but it's something like um, if a sh- if a shortcut were a shortcut, it'd be called a path or something like that. Yeah. 
which is like that's completely correct. There's a reason that shortcuts are if it was that if it was easy, it would be the way that everyone would go or it be it would be it would be a way to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not taking the scenic route, but they're they're going through completely unmarked territory like you're not supposed to be in these woods. Right. So they go into the woods, Dom's limping along, but again, the, the They're still in pretty good spirits though. Yeah, I mean like again, they're supposed to make it by sundown. They should get to the lodge with a shortcut. No, I thought they had one more. They, I thought it was nineteen hours or something through. The no, they're gonna do it. No, they're gonna do it in the same day. Oh, 19 hours was a, was, was the, the whole way, way around. around. Yeah, so they were like, "This is gonna get us there by nightfall." You're right. On this day, they come across an elk who is strung up by like on the trees, like yeah. splayed open with its like guts hanging out, still bleeding, like still dripping blood. Yeah, and uh, they're like, "It's a bear." <laughs> A bear must have done this. Like it's strung up. It's not like oh, how did it end up in the? It's isn't it like a? Is it gored through? I can see because it's very. It's something like that. Uh, it's hard to describe what it looks like because like I don't know. Like it's a it's a it's like it's cut open for dissection on a lab table, except in a three D space. Yes, up in a tree. Up in a tree. Uh, they also find some runes carved on some trees, like Nordic looking runes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's starting to feel like Blair Witch. It's very Blair Witch. The the runes specifically are very Blair Witch. And then it's very Blair Witchy at this point. So then they stumble upon what else? This house in the middle of the woods. A uh, cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods. Also, they're very Blair Witchy. And they uh, they it's raining. It's pouring out, which is why they feel like they can't uh, camp with their tents. They all have individual tents too. Yeah. Um, Again, they're prepared. They are very prepared, but they're not prepared for this rain. And it's it's pouring down. So they go into the the cabin. Uh, it's a pretty like rudimentary like. Well, they break in first of all. The door is locked. Oh, true. It's not just it's like it's not creepy in the same way that it's like, what is this cabin doing here? It's a it's a cabin that's it's prepared cabin. that yeah. they have to break into, and they know that they're squatting in. Right, but there's nothing really in it. Like there's like there's a gun on the wall, but there aren't beds. It also looks it's very uh, dusty. Right, yes. it looks it looks unoccupied, p- potentially abandoned. Uh, but there's a, a a furnace in there too, right? So yes. it's it's modern enough. Or it's like that a, it's like a coal, st- like a stove, like a sure, yeah, uh, post industrial revolution. <laughs> yes. Um. So they're kind of exploring. Luke goes upstairs by himself because they're like, "You should sleep up there." Well, first of all, we should say I think that the decision to break into this actually does make sense to me. These characters act fairly rationally for the first half of the movie. And as I was thinking, like, can, yeah. of, co- of course, this is a horror movie, and, like, they're getting lost in the woods, and they're gonna die. Uh, but they know that it's kind of a crazy idea to break into the cabin, but they don't know what else to do. No, and I, I totally agree with you. I buy that decision completely. The place where it goes awry for me, and, like, I was so with Luke, because Luke looks pretty unhappy with this. Not unhappy. He's he's still suspicious, though. I think he makes a joke to the effect of, this is the house we're gonna get murdered in. Oh, he does say that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that he just seems to have a wariness. And I was like, yes, Luke. Yes. Be wary. Because I would do the same thing. I'd be like, it's pouring down rain. Here's a house. But all four of them should not go to sleep at the same time. Right, they should sleep in shifts. They should sleep in shifts. They should be very careful about what they do. And instead, they do, they make a fatal mistake, which is that kind of like, we're already in here. Let's just all go to sleep at the same time and like not keep watch or be responsible. Right. They just seem to not care. And that's when I was like, oh, you fools. They do find upstairs an effigy uh, that they think is, they dismiss as like a Nordic pagan thing of what looks like. A, a, a man. A man? Headless man with stag hands. Yeah, like, like yeah, horns. Like, hor- antlers on his on his hands, where his hands should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, oh, this is creepy and horrible, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do about it? Nothing. No. So they go to sleep. Uh, they all have really fucked up dreams. Yeah, this is one of my... This was the first, one of the first moments. This movie's already really beautiful. It's, like, gorgeous. But this was the first moment that I was like, oh my god, I am so in to the aesthetics of this movie. So we see Luke's dream first, and he thinks that he's awake. He wakes up in the cabin, and uh, there is lightning, like very, very bright lightning that he from sees shining from the storm. This the, it's, it's really raining so hard, and um, the lightning flashes, and then it stays, and it almost looks like sunlight, but it's so bright, it's shining into the window, and like consistent bright light, consistent bright light, like it's not lightning anymore. It, it's it's bright light. And uh, Luke gets up. He's very confused, obviously. He goes and he opens the door and he goes, he walks out into the convenience store where Rob died. Right. 
It's so cool. It's so cool. It, it literally made me sit up like straight in my chair. And he... Um, I mean, for what it's worth, that's that's the point at which we figure out that it's a dream, right? Because when the, the audience, uh, I at least thought that this light shining outside could be real. Supernatural, And something yeah, yeah, like, yeah. creepy happening. Yes. But I, like, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I mean, like, maybe the, it isn't a dream, right? Maybe there there is this element that, like... Of like unreality, unreality yeah. exactly. Because we'll we'll talk about later. It does manifest in different ways later on. Um, but so he walks up to the like the the liquor, and you mm-hmm. can tell it's kind of where he, where he and Rob were. He's alone too. It's where he and Rob were, and then he feels like you hear a kind of stabbing noise. Like he's not being stabbed. But you hear that kind of like squelching, squelching. Because I was gonna say crunch, but it's more like a squelch. And he sort of feels it in his chest, and he looks down at the bottle of vodka he's holding, and there's like blood in the vodka. Yeah. And then is this when this happens? Like it, the the, the shelf falls away, and it's the forest again. Yep. Again, it is so cool looking. It's, it's like, amazing. It's amazing. And then then he's in the forest. So yeah, he's he's standing outside the cabin. We see the cabin behind him, mm-hmm. uh, standing up. With and he's got these holes in his chest. Yeah, he's, he's bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like four holes, like in his chest. Mm-hmm. But uh, then he hears before he can really react to this. He hears, he hears screaming. screaming, and so everyone else had bad nightmares too. Hutch peed himself. Dom is just like Dom is. Na- he's like almost naked. I think he took off all his clothes because they went to sleep clothed because I think they're cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like screaming for his wife. For his wife. They can't, they don't know where Phil is. They go upstairs. He's naked and praying to the effigy, yeah. the wicker man. Like, not at, not he, him, right? He has been, like, he's asleep still, right? He's been, like, right. posed this way almost. Well, he's, like, yeah, he's kneeling and, like... With his, in, like, with his arms up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, it's so creepy. So they get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> like all sensible men should. So they leave the cabin and head for the lodge. Again, they shouldn't have gotten lost in the first place, and they should be, you know... Just, I don't know, a few more hours well, they, out of the woods and they'll be at the they, they think they know what, which way southwest is, which was they were supposed to be going. Hutch does. He has a compass. Does the compass work, though? Yes, it does. Okay. I thought maybe there was a moment at the beginning where it wasn't working and he just no. sort of dismissed it. Okay, so he knows the right way to go. Dom doesn't want to go that way because he's an asshole. Well, he thinks that there's a path and he's like, path means people. We have to go this way. So even though, and like, Hutch says yes because Hutch is very amenable. He wants to make everybody happy. Well, no, it's because uh, Dom's, he fucking storms off. He, like... He doesn't leave them any choice. Either they abandon their friend to wander into the woods and die with a hurt leg, or they go with him. Right. But Hutch is keeping his eye out for... Southwest. For Southwest, and he knows where the sun is, so he's... Even though they're, like, going along with what Dom wants, he he still kind of knows the score. Um, This is when I wanted to say this. this I wrote this down. I feel like, for me, this is when it got very Blair Witchy for me, but, like... Really Blair Witch done right. I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast before, but I don't like the Blair Witch Project. I love Blair Witch. You mean the remake? Yeah. Yes. This is the Blair Witch Project done right. Is oh, okay. that better? Yes. Blair Witch is very good. The different movies. Blair Witch. Adam Wingard's Blair Witch is the Blair Witch Project done right. Correct. But this is also the Blair Witch Project <laughs> done right. Uh, it's proof that you could do the Blair Witch Project many ways very well. Um, we should clarify real quick. This is not a found footage horror movie. It is not. But it does the concept, because for me... What I felt like at this point in the movie is that it was kind of over for them. Like they're doomed. I didn't know if it was true or not, uh, but I but I felt like because they had spent the night there when they when they were in the forest in the beginning, it was still kind of a regular forest, and mm-hmm. they could have gotten out. Uh, but because they spent the night there and had those dreams, it sort of felt like whatever it was in this forest got in them. They're like marked for death. They're marked exactly, and I mean like. He literally, Luke literally right. is marked. Uh, because it suddenly felt to me like this was no longer a normal forest. And even if you were, even if you were going southwest. Yeah, it wouldn't matter. You, they wind up back at the cabin. Like, that's exactly what happens. And I didn't believe that they really had a shot at that point. And I do think that's terrifying. No, I definitely. It is the good part about the Blair Witch Project, which is like, even if you do all the right things, you step foot into this forest and you are fucked like yeah that's terrifying to me and it is it is definitely showing in them that they thought maybe there was like oh horrible one horrible night but we're gonna get out of this this hope is slowly fading for them and that is a very terrifying feeling i totally agree with you about it being like the way the way to do this story mm-hmm. um at some point luke does go end up like 
scouting where where Hutch thinks is the right way, mm-hmm. uh, while the rest of them stay with Dom, who again is it's becoming sunny, increasingly he thinks like, it's like aggressive. a ridge. He thinks it's a ridge, but it's not a ridge. He ends up seeing a monster uh, hand curl behind a tree, very like very subtle, just a glimpse mm-hmm. between trees, mm-hmm. and ends up going to go try to talk to the group about it, and instead Dom, who is the antagonist of this film, uh, ends up talking about how he doesn't trust him because of Rob's death and how he blames him. Yeah, and I I know we talked about this in the beginning, but I want to reiterate, because this is where I wrote my note about it, that, like, this is a very common trope, you know, of, like, somebody who was there to witness death and the people around him blame him for that. And it's always been a trope to me that I just don't understand because, like, there are people to blame in this situation. Yeah. There are junkies who literally clubbed Rob to death and instead of being angry at them, and we have no idea also, like, if they were caught, if Luke's testimony put them away, like, we don't know what happened, happened of this. Uh, Dom blames Luke, which to me is crazy, because, like, why would you blame the person who was also terrified and for their lives? Like, why is that the person you're like, this must be your fault? Right, right. Rather than the person who, who literally did the murdering. Like, it just makes me so angry. I agree. It's exhausting. I and it's dumb. It's, it's dumb. It's really just dumb. And unfortunately realistic because this guy's always an asshole. And again, his yeah, leg hurts really bad. People do it. Like, and they're lost. Their morale is sinking. It, does, it is true. Dom is... And they kind of are like, oh, Dom and his complaining. But then you see his knee later and it is fucked up. Like, it's not good. So they're very, very lost. Uh, that night they spend the night. Luke keeps getting haunted by these dreams of the liquor store. Mm-hmm. He keeps seeing them. Uh, and over time, over the course of the movie, several times, mm-hmm. uh, it's more and more primal. Like, it's more and more blending into Overgrown. the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. forest. It's beautiful. It's this amazing juxtaposition of these fluorescent lights mm-hmm. with these, like, dark leaves and moss. And roots. Oh, I'm obsessed. It's also, I, I forgot I was going to say this about the juxtaposition of nature in the urban, um, because I also think they're very much in nature. They're yeah. tense. They've got the little, like, they're cooking on rocks. You know, they're really living, uh, like, off the earth. But Luke is smoking the whole time. Mm-hmm. And there is such, it's, it's the same kind of experience to watch him, like, lean up against a tree with all this foliage behind him, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I think it, it reminds me of that those those shots of the convenience store but it's got a dirt path right uh it's uh, it's just such good imagery and and symbolism i just love it so that night uh hutch disappears and they find him the next morning strung up in a tree entrails like the elk hanging out and mutilated uh oh, hutch too beautiful for this world the the sense of place in this movie is really good it's not a, it's not very jump scary uh it's very much about like like we said the atmospheric sort of dread mm mm-hmm. mhm so then it's the three of them. They're very panicked. They've kind of... Like, Hutch was holding them together in a lot of right, ways. They're kind of lost at this point. Um, but then they sort of see this end point up ahead, and Luke rush, rushes forward, and he sort of sees... The lodge. The lodge. And he says, I can see the end. And it sort of... It really hit me, the way that he says yeah. it. It was very... It felt very ominous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't... But I couldn't tell whether it was, I can see the end, like, I can see that I'm going to die or I can see at the end like he was the only one who was going to make it out. It was right. it was very much a like forked path moment for me with Luke. They continue wandering through the woods. We're now on the third night. Again, it wasn't supposed to take this long at mm-hmm. all so they are clearly so lost. Uh, that night, Phil gets got and the way they do it is very good. The It's it's darkness. It's the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monster's behind a tree and it grabs him but basically all we see is the movement of a shape and then Phil's flashlight flailing around. Oh, yeah. It's just extremely well shot. And again, at this point, we still have not seen this monster. What it is. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, until this, it's not even confirmed that there definitely is a monster. I felt, well, we sort of saw it. We saw that it was big when um, when Luke saw it on the ridge. What it is. No, but I sort in my mind, I was picturing something with with antlers, right? That was kind of like, it felt to me like a big like moose <laughs> that was sort of what i was picturing up to this point but obviously something so much more frightening i actually love that we kept only seeing glimpses of it i agree uh and that ends up being true until like the very end which is really great dom and we're transitioning to the sort of the the third act here mm-hmm. that dom and luke get 
captured? Well, they run through the path. They find a path, and it's lit by torches. And to me, it'd be like, that's not good. Right. <laughs> run away from the path lit by torches. But they run into it, and they find the same cabin or a different one? I have no idea. A cabin. I, I think, think it's, it's the same one. Okay. I was gonna. I thought it was the same I one. think we have different senses. I don't think that this forest is as supernatural as you do. Okay. I think it's just that we disagree about yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of the way that this is encroaching upon them. Right. Um, a building. Well, also, also, <laughs> also, also, we can. I can say this now. I was fighting this particular inevitability that we're about to talk about with my entire life. I what said inevitability? To you, of there being people. Okay. Uh, there's going to be people. We'll talk about it right now. Yeah. I said it, I said it very early in my notes that I did not want this movie to be about gruesome forest people that is what high lane is about one gruesome forest person and i just find them very boring i have no interest in like toothless people who live out in the woods who eat people or sacrifice people to ritual gods like that's one of the reasons i like blair witch is because the blair witch project slash blair witch uh and the lore of that is because there's no old guy out there like you need to go away from the Blair Witch or whatever or like who's gonna cook them up and eat them it's just the Blair Witch who who knows what the fuck she is and I find that interesting I hate this like these like old grizzled people in rags who live out in the woods I just think that they're super boring I hear you I very much disagree with that assessment applying to this but we'll get there in a second uh I don't think that that's what they are they are, um, but you so they can wake still find up, them interesting. They wake up bound in a room, uh, and these forest people who, I don't know, it proceeds very slowly. It is, like, I keep comparing it to The Witch, because I think it is that same sort of, like, deliberate, atmospheric Yes, because you have no idea what's going on right? still. There aren't quick cuts of, like, scary things happening to them. No. He's just sitting in this room for a very long time, and then they come in, and they drag Dom out. Yeah, they give him water. They see the wound on his chest. Yeah. They give Luke water, but they don't give Dom water, and then they take him away upstairs. To, like, be prepared for, for the ritual. ritual. Um, but I guess they just beat him up? Like We don't know what that means. It's yeah, unclear. Yeah. We hear him screaming through the, the floor roof, mm-hmm. um, and then he comes back, and he's just beat up, and he's like, I'm not gonna make it out of here, but you are. Tell my wife. Go blah, tell blah, my wife. Blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Luke, again... this when he tells him the dream that he had? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, in his... He, his dream that he had, he tells he tells Luke, finally, the dream he had was that he was tied up, um, and the monster was coming for him, but when the monster came, it was his wife. Um, and that's just, like, I guess, I don't know if he feels like that's exactly what's going to happen to him, or whether he just... Yeah. It's sort of the motivation for, like, please tell my wife that I love her, and, like, that I tried so hard to get back to her, and this whole thing, and Luke's like... I don't have to tell her that because you're going to tell her that. I don't, I don't have to do that. I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't need to. You're going to come with me and it's going to be fine. And he's still very... He's in denial. In denial. It's very sad. Uh, at some point, also, the old woman who's giving him water and sort of coming in to look at him uh, shows that she, too, has, like, these holes in her chest um, that Luke has and that they, mm-hmm. they share that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, without really communicating... Uh, it becomes clear that Dom is going to die, but Luke isn't, or Luke is going to die differently. Well, he makes a friend, that other lady, uh, the younger woman, who also has the mark, uh, and she, you know, kind of tells him, like, what's up, um, and that they, the, the monster that they serve, who is a god... Uh, he's not a god, he's a Jotun. She says a god, when he, when he asks what it is. Uh... She says it's a god. A uh, bastard child of Loki. Mm-hmm. Um... One of his little horse babies. <laughs> yeah, well, so, the Jotun, I know all of this because uh, Norse mythology is following me and and just, like, overtaking my pop Stalking culture experience. You, yeah. um, but I have learned uh, Jotun, just like, or Jotnar, or however you want to conjugate it, just refers to, like, in Norse mythology, like, a, a group of beings that are often translated as giants, but that doesn't mean that they're big. They're just not dwarves or elves or gods or people. It's just, like, a separate mm. race uh, who often, like, presides over nature. But, like, this movie's interpretation of what a Jotun is is not anything that I've seen before. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. I wonder if, like, there is deeper mythology that it's referencing that I just haven't encountered in the past, whatever, month of looking into Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually they are, like, a race of people um, and not... What this turns out to be, which is, like, a giant 
deer human right. elk but hybrid. That is what Loki gave birth to. Right. Loki gave birth to horses. So I wonder if imagine that's uh, and other things and snakes and right, stuff. right, right. But I imagine that's that's it's more of an interpretation of that. I also say about this woman earlier. They found a abandoned tent and driver's license mm-hmm. uh, of a woman, and the credit card in the wallet had expired in 1984. Mm-hmm. That was one of those moments where they were like, "Oh, we're never getting out of here, are we?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that that woman is the woman he befriends because. It's like, she's like the youngest person there. I don't know. It's not clear. That's interesting. I didn't think about that before. She seems so, like, she buys so into it, though. Right, but that's their goal for him, too. Okay, so let's let's talk about what happens here. Yeah. Uh, she explains that they worship the Jotun, and in, in return for that, they're granted uh, extended, like, lifespans. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke's like... And no pain. No more pain. Well, yeah, it was like, why me? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you, all my friends are dead. Push me to the edge. Uh, <laughs> why... Why am I chosen? And she's like, because you have great pain, right? And I think that was a really beautiful moment of, like, the linchpin of this film is Luke's sense of guilt and grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, exacerbated by Dom being a prick. Yeah, but he would have felt it anyway. But he was still, and, like, the actor, Riff Spall, is, like, doing a great job of selling that in the movie's more quiet moments. Yes, because of, he's like, very stoic, yeah. but you can still really see it on He's him. haunted. He's playing it very well. He's absolutely haunted. Uh, and so he's going to be... So yes, it is that beautiful choice, isn't it? Like, that yeah. really... I love media that does this of, like... Would, it's really funny, the wor- World's End does this also. Right. Which is, like, wouldn't you rather live forever with no pain and no mistakes and you just, like, you just live in peace? And it's like, no! Yeah. <laughs> That's... Humanity is having choices, and I want to be able to, like feel my feelings and that's a bit i'd love that choice the, that hero's choice in, in film so dom gets tied up to a post and we assume the monster is going to come eat him but no it's his wife gail who comes to embrace him and then grabs him and takes him away and when it is the monster yeah hangs him on a tree yeah, uh, as as this monsters want to do um this Jotun. luke ends up escaping he goes upstairs to the room where Dom was being prepared mm-hmm. and there's all these like zombies yeah it's a, it's a ch- it's like a church scene there's like there's an aisle and an altar and they're all seated in like essentially pews but you can sort of tell they're waking up yeah right like they're moving a little bit <laughs> this is one of my favorites cuz it's so exactly how this movie is and if it had turned into like kind of an actiony kind of movie it wouldn't feel right like if suddenly Luke became this kind of, like, blazing hero, it would be weird. Right. But he's... The way that he just... He literally just takes one of the torches and very quietly and slowly just sets them on fire. Like, he's not screaming. He's not shouting, like, this is for my friends, you bitch, or whatever. He's just literally like, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. This is not okay. And then he just leaves. Actually, like, his reaction is throughout this whole last segment. The old woman ends up, like, cornering him in a hallway and he just punches her in the face yeah right like there's no like need for a quip or like there's a, no dr- a moment yeah, there's no dramatic like no. moments and then the guy ends up like getting in the way and he's he ends up uh, getting one of the guns from their supply closet mm-hmm. and he's just like no fuck off fuck off like get get out of here yeah, yeah yeah it's just like a very realistic and as this is happening uh the monster is displeased because the lodge is on it's fire it's on fire it's his like it's his church his cathedral yeah. Uh, this is when we see the monster for like really see what it is for the first time. It's huge. It's like as tall it's as this huge. building. But the way that and we we saw this briefly with Dom, but it it is what we were saying kind of like this big elk, like a giant elk, giant elk. But it has arms and human hands. I can't uh, and face, little glowy eyes. Its face is indescribable. It's like it has the torso of a human for a head, and there's like a. Gap? Like but a, it's 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 where the elk's chest is, though. It's yeah. That's where the body. That's where the torso is, and it has little black arms, but it doesn't have legs. It's it literally is if you cut a man's body. The elk has legs. The human body part doesn't. But have it's, legs. if you if you took a human body, cut off its legs, and stuck it onto an elk, but then the elk doesn't have a head. It just has a antlers. hole. Yeah, like where there's like eyes gazing out of the yeah, darkness. Yeah, yeah. It's horrifying anyway we end up our best look that we get of it is it silhouetted against the burning like lodge mm-hmm. cabin thing mm-hmm. and it's so beautifully done oh, yeah. i was thinking this whole movie is beautiful and this is a weird place to talk about this but like 
I looked it up. The whole thing was basically shot on location in Romania, mm-hmm. um, in an actual forest, and it it looks like a forest and not a yes. soundstage. It's gorgeous. Uh, which makes me wonder, like, did they, did they like set a thing on fire? Like, it maybe looks, it looks like real fire, right? It's like, a pretty. It's a pretty like nice log cabin, but it's a log cabin, so they probably could have built it. Right. But it, it doesn't look like CGI fire. The monster is clearly a combination of CGI and practical effects. Right, but it still looks real good. Oh, the monster looks incredible. Again, the were the design is incredible. Uh, the execution is just as good. It actually reminds me of. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a uh, Guillermo del Toro horror movie in that, like, it's like it feels so like about the beauty of monsters. Yeah, well, not just the beauty, but like an amalgamation of things, mm-hmm. like into this like new creature design. Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure this is like a unique creature design. I don't think mm-hmm. that like I don't know. I think they created something for this mm-hmm. that I think works really well. I do too. Um, it managed to be really scary uh, and creepy and unnerving. The whole last sequence of this movie is incredible, uh, but it is standard horror, like him getting away from the monster. Um, he ends up being like compelled to bow before it because it it wants to it wants him Be to worship, worship it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is empowered by his inaction when he didn't save Rob. He has another vision, and he gets the axe and he ends up chopping it. And mm-hmm. he runs away and he runs and runs and runs and he gets out of the forest. And for some reason, it can't leave the forest. And that's its place. Uh, and I think that's interesting, but also kind of a cop out. No, 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 no. I think that's so essential to this movie, and it's like, it's because if he would, could go, he, if he could leave, he'd just leave and go get people. Because there probably aren't a lot of people that actually like. Well, people. If the have... last time this woman was here, like the, the woman came to this try was nineteen eighty five. Like, what have they been subsisting on since? There is an idea that they are literally like confined to these woods his his magic has right limits you know, limits and maybe like maybe his magic had limits before the forest and the forest grew up into those limits you know but like i think it makes sense i do think luke's i don't want that to, to to take anything away from luke's escape which i think is very beautiful right this is a movie about a man haunted by grief mm-hmm. and guilt learning to forgive himself i think mm-hmm. and that is ultimately what this last image is is him him walking away in the daylight well to... they scream at each other a couple yeah. times do you not know, like that is always skipped it's it? dumb yeah okay uh i think it's fine it's it's animalistic it's like um mm-hmm. primal yes uh and I, I just really appreciate that aspect of it being like almost a parable uh of some sort yeah and again like i said i love that message of him choosing pain I think that's very important. Uh, and like learning to live with it, learning to yeah. uh, have that be a part of who yes. he is. And I'm forward. and I'm glad. I'm almost glad. It's sad because it's it's so sad that Luke had to watch his friend die. You know, deal with that grief, and then watch his three other friends die and be the the lone survivor. Yeah. But I think that to go back to what we've talked about already, if he saved Dom, and that was somehow his, you know that was, like, how he makes up for not saving Rob, that would be fucked up, right? Yeah. Like, that would not be what we want out of this movie, because it's not his fault that any of them die. Right. He tries to save all of them, and he fails. It doesn't make him less of a person. And it doesn't mean that he should give up right. his life, right. like, f- to serve this beast. Like, he doesn't do anything wrong, I don't think. Right. But no, he I does agree. learn that pain is, you know good, and mm-hmm. it's what makes you human, and it's, you know... A couple things I want to note, um, I think we're, we're ready to basically wrap this up, but uh, one of the complaints that you mentioned as we were trying to decide what to pick uh, absent the roulette, it's not my favorite thing in the world that it's four dudes, three of whom are white, wandering in the woods. Like, yeah. we've seen that story told far too many times. Um, but I did, when I, was, when I was doing some research for this, one of the actors, um, Arshur Ali, who plays... Phil, uh, said that he felt that it was a movie about failed masculinity, about men going out in the woods and totally falling apart, in spite of, like, taking on this very, like, traditionalist, masculine act, Mm -hmm. and just completely crumbling. I did did ask you, like, halfway through the movie, like, do you think this has to be all men because they have to be stupid? (laughs) Yeah. And I actually actually think so. So, it doesn't doesn't, uh, erase that complaint, but I'm glad that at least someone working on the movie... Uh, felt that it was intentional intentional and like it it does have something to say about men 
being horrible to each other yeah, and in, if that's failing. what we do in media is like media should not be let's just get rid of like men's stories like there's probably some people who feel that way i don't necessarily feel that way like i'm interested in telling stories about yeah. men and masculinity and like the ways in which toxic masculinity fails men and fails women and all these different things. Like, I think those are interesting stories that I want to have told. The worst thing is a movie where, that you watch and you think, this could have been women and it's not. Right. Like, that's a problem where you were like, I'm going to make a movie about friends and you just end up casting or writing about five men. Yeah. Like, that's boring. Men are not the default. But telling stories, like you just said, that are about masculinity... And, like, there are still female characters in this in this story. Like, we mm-hmm. see Gail, and, uh, like, that's cool. And we see, like, you know, these women who are these Norse, you know... Whatever, pagans, Whatever they are, worshippers. Uh, like, I, I, do, I did, you know, realize as we watched the movie that, that it was very intentional. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, I, and I ended up really being, you know, okay with it. Another thing worth mentioning is that this is based on a novel from 2011, uh, which I found kind of cool because a lot of... Especially, like, indie horror films like this are someone has an idea and they go out and they make it. Yes, this was an adaptation. Bad idea. Uh, actually, the rights were bought by Andy Serkis and his really? production company, who ended up putting this together. That's so funny. Um, from what I looked up, uh, the novel and the movie have some minor differences. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that seemed to stick out to me when I was looking at stuff from it is that the worshippers in the novel are, like, contemporary people like they're like metalheads they're like into like scandinavian black metal oh interesting and i wanted to post to you if you would like that better yes 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 <laughs> yes i'm really actually i added the book to my goodreads list yeah and i was really scared you're gonna be like the forest people are even more forest people and i was gonna be like no but i'm so much more interested in that because again i have no issue with there being people in this movie my issue is the i cliche. don't the cliche of the, it's it's again it, even if these people even looked better they all look like weird inbred they're not that bad they're just i think they're not as bad as uh it could be right what you're describing to when you're when you're describing what you're describing i'm picturing the hills have eyes yes it's not that but yes they're worse uh i was gonna say though i was actually i'm so glad i'm so glad you brought up the hills have eyes because this is my other complaint about the forest people (laughs) um and it is why i don't like them specifically is because I don't understand how this god stays alive through these rituals. They seem so infrequent. Not just infrequent, but um, not proportional, right? Yes. These friends wander into the woods and three of them are killed in quick succession. But yeah, like, so why not keep all of them and execute them over the next four years? Like, yeah. your god will eat forever. It seems so dumb. And like the reason the hills have eyes and things like that work is because... That's a road that people take. Mm-hmm. It's not a common road because if it were a deeply common road, the police would get involved. Yes, but it's a common enough road that they can be like, "Ooh, tourists," and like get them, and then it makes sense because then they can eat, and it's just you lose just enough people, but it's out in the badlands, and America right. loses people out there all the time, and we're all cool with it, whatever. Same with like Texas Chainsaw. Yes, I was like, yes, I was gonna say the same thing, uh, but this is like. You're not supposed to take this route. This right. is the bad route. There's no there's no tracks. There's no like, you know, trails. And they shouldn't do it. So I can't imagine that tons of people are doing it. And again, the only the only other thing they find is this VW bus and a tent from the eighties or seventies. Right. So I, ju- I just don't get that. It's it felt like a plot hole to me, mm-hmm. and maybe the book this plot hole doesn't exist, and then they wanted to make it a little bit more like, because I I also can see in a movie being like this is a regular movie, and then being like they're Scandinavian metalheads, and that feeling like uh, kind of out of left field. I can understand that the movie didn't want to go in that direction, but I do think it would make more sense to me uh, that they would be contemporary because I don't understand how this monster could live for so many years off of such poor pickings. Yeah, I agree. And if it can live for all that time with no rituals, then why do they do the rituals? Right. Like right. That, I agree. That, so I, I, I was, when it was just a god, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I'm so into this. I want it to just be this horrifying, like, spectral, eldritch presence. Like, yeah. give it to me. And the fact that they, they, he had a little tribe, 
I just, I, didn't, I just didn't want it. I w- it only brought it down, you know, slightly for me. I so still right. loved this movie, but this movie's very good. It bothered me. Let's, yeah, this this is a very good movie. It could be better, but this is a very good movie. It's very good. It's so beautiful. I we didn't really talk about the cinematography that much, but it is unbelievable. The whole thing is gorgeous. shot very well. It's gorgeous. It's it's meditative where it needs to be. It's edited very tightly when it's Tense. action. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also mentioned the director at all, David Bruckner. Um, this is his first like feature length movie. He, Way to go, Bruckner. He's done, like, three or four anthology horror films. He's in VHS. Of course he is. He's in something called Southbound. They all are. The Signal. Stuff I, I'm not really familiar with, but, like, this is him actually being handed, now you get to make an hour and a half movie. Uh, and I think it's, it's amazing. he knocked it out of the park. It's the same thing of um, several of the newer horror directors uh, of this new wave. Like, The Vivich, I'm pretty sure, is a, a debut feature. It's just really awesome to see this executed as well as it is, and I look forward to more David Bruckner films. I agree. If this is what he starts off with, like, let's do it. Are you ready to uh, hang this up on a tree and leave it to (laughs) drain? I don't know what happens there. Yeah, I don't know where where he gets the power from. Let's give the roulette another try, and hopefully this time the movie won't disappear. Yeah, because we check. I want everyone to know this. We are responsible. We always look on Netflix. When we record. When we record to make sure that it's there. Uh, but, um, it left probably the next day. How about you roll that roulette? Our next movie will be... When Animals Dream. This looks interesting, maybe. Is it Danish? Is that what it is? Yeah, I don't know anything about it. It has a Mickelson in it. It might be Swedish. It does have a Mickelson. We're back to Sweden. (laughs) Countries of origin, Denmark and France. It is Danish. It seems kind of cool. I'm kind of like, I'm getting, you know, I hate to get excited about these things, especially because yeah. what if this one just goes on Netflix? But uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, as I try yeah. to be. A good poster, which is also true of many bad horror films that we've had on the roulette. Don't make it Rides of Spring again. So, our next episode will be When Animals Dream. When Animals Dream. Until next time, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to review the podcast on your podcatcher of choice and mm-hmm. uh, tell your friends to listen to us. Please do. We always love new friends. Thank you, as always, to Wes Craven for making The Hills Have Eyes, I guess. Yeah, I know. I was actually going to say, <laughs> like, that's kind of that's kind of the route we were going there. Uh, this is probably a better movie than The Hills Have Eyes, though. Yeah, well, I will say thank you, Wes Craven, for having uh, creepy f- desert people, gruesome desert people, who I don't hate, unlike the creepy forest people who I do hate. Until next time, everyone, stay spooky. Stay spooky. What do we say after that? How do we end the episode? We just say stay spooky and we and we, we talk until you can right. put the music behind it and do all that stuff. Bum bum bum. <laughs>